You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Valeria, founder of the Polkadot DeFi Alliance. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now. Exchange.bitcoin.com. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. Valeria, welcome to the Bitcoin.com show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. The Polkadot DeFi Alliance. Tell us about it. Sure thing. Uh, the Polkadot DeFi Alliance was launched a few short months ago. And um, one of the reasons for its foundation was um, we thought that there was still um, a missing link between the broader uh, blockchain ecosystem and projects looking to uh, start building on Polkadot and um, the communication that was coming out of uh, Parity and Web3. Um, I formerly used to work with Parity Technologies and um, I could see um, the areas where uh, we could still add value and make it a lot more approachable through the type of events, um, activities, and the style of communication that we aim to achieve with the Polkadot DeFi Alliance. That's fantastic. Now, in terms of how did you get into this space? I mean, to me, that's the interesting part. How, how did you get into it? Oh, that's a wild story. Um, so I actually have a tech background um, in the uh, Silicon Valley uh, tech ecosystem. I uh, lived in San Francisco for uh, almost 14 years. And by default, you end up working in tech um, when you live in the Bay. Um, essentially, a few years ago, I was about to actually make the move to Europe and I came across consensus and um, it was a fairly long interview process. And as I was going through the uh, interview of meeting interviews of meeting different um, executives, I was researching the company more and more. And by the end of my interview process, I realized like this is all I want to do from now on. And my move to Europe can wait. And I'm going to be moving to New York to work um, in the New York headquarters. Wow. And so that began this journey. Like, did you, while well, you came from the tech space, which is up all night, crypto never sleeps. I mean, this, this ecosystem is literally 24-7. What sort of impact has that had on you? Yeah, um, it's that's actually a really um, good uh, point that you bring up because, um, you know, this is my second bull market. So I entered the space in 2017 um, in New York, of all places. So as you can imagine, it was um, it was on all the time. And um, having had that experience and going through it the second time um, living in Europe at this point, you know, what I can tell you is that you kind of have to pace yourself um, and also have um, 
some kind of boundaries and keep your health at the forefront because, um, you know, we don't know when this bull market will end. Um, and, you know, sacrificing your health for um, sleepless nights and, you know, being on 24-7, you know, my suggestion for anybody who's in this now is to have some sort of balance in your life because uh, you will burn out and um, it's, uh, it's, the, the consequences uh, may not be worth the, uh, the price. That's a good way of putting it because to me it is where do you find the balance? So I guess I got to ask you, are you into, we introduce or we bring a lot of people onto the show and I ask them like, what do they do for fun? Do you love to read? Or are you one of those Minecraft people? Like, what do you do for fun? No, I try actually to de- definitely limit my screen time as much as I can, especially on weekends. I also have a dog, so that gets me outside at least twice a day. I live next to a beautiful park here in Paris. And so that gets me um, in nature at least uh, twice a day, as I mentioned. On the weekends, I really try to um, explore um, the outdoors. I've been taking a lot of trips uh, to coast, coastal um, coastal France, uh, in Brittany in particular. And the, the times we're li- living in, there's not a lot of activities you can do currently uh, because of curfews and lockdowns. But yeah. um, I, I tend to do um, yoga and I tend to do um, a lot of uh, events. Um, industry industry events. That's what kind of um, you know keeps me keeps me alive, um, which as you know has been pretty limited in the last <laughs> yeah. year. I, I get it, and and that really is great advice to people that even though they might be following their dream, that it's okay from time to time to go recharge. It's okay to go outside and to see the world and not look at a computer, not look at a phone. That that in order for you to be at your best, you must go recover. It's absolutely necessary. Um, I also do a regular meditation practice. Um, and in addition to reading online uh, articles, um, I, I try to balance it out with books as well, like hardcover books. So in terms of hiring people, I mean, this process, I mean, pre-COVID, it was already a digital world. But have you noticed the hiring process of the way you, that, you, that you might look for team members and teammates? Has it changed and then how do you know? I mean, anybody that you bring onto your team ultimately becomes a reflection on you. So when do you know it's okay to take the risk? So talk to the entrepreneurs out there. Sure, sure. Uh, I think ultimately the hiring process has leveled the field. Uh, the, the pandemic has leveled the field of the hiring process, I should say, um, in the last year, in a sense that uh, where previously a person working remote might have been overlooked, uh, today, everybody has the same access, no matter where you are, unless you're residing on a beach in Bali. Um, if you are, you know, in one of the big metropolitan cities, um, you essentially have the same access to whatever job is being advertised because we have gone fully remote first, where we were remote first at Consensus when I was there starting in 2017. Um, it is now much more of a global phenomena at most large companies out there. And what other, what other projects are involved with the Polkadot DeFi Alliance and, and what do they do? I mean, there's a lot of people that still don't know what DeFi is. Would you kind of walk us through it a little bit and then talk about some of the projects that are in the Alliance? 
Well, essentially what we want to do, like what, one of the things we wanted to do was uh, we, we wanted to make um, Polkadot, building on Polkadot, a lot more accessible. Um, my role, in addition to the Polkadot DeFi Alliance, the other things I'm involved with is I help uh, multiple projects with um, ecosystem development. And um, as part of that, I talked to quite a few Ethereum-based projects, Polkadot-based projects, but not exclusively. Um, and one of the things that I came across uh, while talking to some of the you know, development teams, even in Ethereum, is that um, the information that was relayed is Polkadot is still unapproachable. You know, um, while the documentation out there is fantastic from Parity's side, it's just not quite clear where they need to start, where they need to begin. And so that was one of the reasons we wanted to create the Polkadot DeFi Alliance to um, create you know, more uh, like a middle layer in between the docu like the the really uh, cohesive documentation that is exists on the, you know, parody and web three websites and kind of humanize the experience of coming over to this ecosystem. And so where have you learned from the technical side? I mean, you do know more than most. How do you pick it up? Where do you get your information from? Well, I mean, of course, um, uh, I go to the social platforms um, that we all uh, frequent for our crypto updates, um, Telegram, Twitter, um, being part of so many projects and helping them more on, like I said, ecosystem development uh, operations side. Uh, I also get to participate in the, you know, partnership calls that they hold. And so I'm able to uh, learn about the technologies uh, that are being built um, from the actual founders of both, um, you know, both sides on, on those conversations. And it must be pretty exciting for you to see your own development. I mean, for the, the early years that you were someone's employee, and there's nothing wrong with that, but now you're in a spot where you're the advisor. You're the ones that other projects come to and other companies come to that they want to get into your head. They, they want to pick your brain. How do I get to that stage? Talk to the audience out there. How do you go from, candidly, being somebody that is following to becoming a leader? Because I'm of the belief, Valeria, that leaders don't create more followers. They create more leaders. So help us create leaders out there. Yeah, Um Love, fearlessness, and persistence is how I got here. Uh, essentially, um, you, you just don't give up. Um, you know, uh, when I went to consensus, um, the, the, uh, the, the process to onboard was uh, not a direct line. And I just kept showing up. And essentially, um, I was willing to, you know, learn more than I was willing, you know, than I was working for the title or the salary because I knew that this was something I was so interested about in and then and that I just wanted to you know soak up as much information about this topic as I could um, and so for anybody who's entering this space you know get in at you know wherever you can so you can basically learn what you can because you know your whatever skills you learn like they will multiply and even in the short 
what, four years that I've been in it. As you know, as you probably know, you know, a week in crypto is like a month in real world and like a year in crypto and like three years makes you a veteran. And for, you know, basically like that's that's exactly what you're referring to is that, you know, by being in this space just for um, these last few years has allowed me through persistence and through passion for this topic move move uh, to a place where I am today. I, I love that because to me, it's a mentality that is almost like the question, Dustin, you, you think that quitting was even an option. And I have found with high performance people like yourself that quitting was never an option, that you will do what it takes to succeed. And so that kind of takes me into managing time. How do you manage time knowing that there's only so many hours in the day that you can give and that I can only speak for myself. It is very easy to get excited about new ideas. How do you follow through with the ones that are in front of you and manage your time? Well, one of the ways to do that is actually uh, put blocks on your calendar so that people can book uh, your entire day with calls because um, that's one of the things that um, essentially fills up your days and then the day is gone and you've never gotten any work done. And so it's a skill I learned um, from one of my colleagues um, a few years ago that, you know, you just block out time so that you actually can get the work that you need to get done. Um, And also at night, my phone is on airplane mode. So uh, there's no calls getting through and um, I get a sound eight hours of sleep every night. You you force yourself. So it sounds like you will always make time for the things you really want to do. Has that really been your journey? Um, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I, I think in 2017, um, my, I, my workahol- workaholism definitely got the best of me um, because I was doing something I was really passionate about. And I didn't think that by working days, nights, and weekends that I could possibly burn out because I was doing something I love and I just couldn't get enough of it. But indeed, you do burn out. Humans are not machines and we require um, rest and uh, we need to recharge. And as you know, there's been numerous studies done that if humans don't get rest, our creativity gets reduced. Um, we're irritable and our ability to make morally sound decisions gets greatly reduced as well. Well said. So I must ask, you came from San Francisco, you came from a high tech world. What is it going to take for mainstream adoption? Are we there? Is it getting there? What's it going to take? Well, I mean, it's one of the problems we're looking to solve with refinance um, is to make DeFi um, a lot more approachable for the average retail investor. I mean, currently, DeFi um, is a bit complex. Um, you have to dif- you know, deal with lots of different um, ex- UI experiences on different uh, websites. Um, the idea is that you probably want to do research on each one of the teams, read white papers. Um, an average investor is not really looking to do all that. They basically want to know what the risk levels are of the different platforms they may be investing in. Um, and they want to come to one place and make the onboarding as easy as possible. And I mean, essentially, that that's one of the reasons that Reef is just so close to my heart is because we're solving the problem for someone like myself who um, really, you know, I love all these projects, but um, 
you know, we need to fix the user experience um, first and foremost for mainstream adoption. And hopefully with um, solutions like Reef, uh, we can help more people get into the space and democratize um, access to decentralized uh, finance for that's, more people. That, that's a great way of putting it. And so final advice you have to other cryptopreneurs out there, those entrepreneurs that have been sitting on this idea and it's been collecting dust, how do they get it off the shelf? I mean, I just dive in. I mean, dive in in terms of, you know, ask questions for people who are in the space. Trust that they will give you valid answers. Um, try your hand at uh, supporting a project, even if it's no pay, even if it's just tokens, you know, because the thing is, at the end of the day, you will learn so much uh, because of the pace of our industry that um, it will benefit you greatly, especially if you intend to stick it out through the ups and the downs. Thank you again for sharing your story on the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thank you. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.